Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. Hey, what's up, creators? This is your old buddy, John, and you have once again found the Sketch Magazine podcast. I am joined, as always, with publisher Bob Hickey, editor Bill Nichols, and tonight we are going to be talking about your con setup. How you doing tonight, guys? Doing great, John. This is Bill. Hey, John. Doing good. This is Bob. All right. So, setting up for the con. Uh, con season is very nearly upon us. Yes. And as creators, you want to make your setup as visually interesting to the person walking by as you can, or they will quite literally keep on walking by. So how did they do that? Anyone? (laughs) (laughs) Bill, you want to take lead on this? I'll jump in. Yeah. Uh, Usually when I go, uh, Sometimes it's it's the um, I don't know. Sometimes it's the simpler the better, because there's not so much uh, visual noise, so to speak. But having eye catching, whether it's logos, and I know a lot of uh, companies or a lot of studios, so that for me helps identify where people I might be interested in talking to or, or friends that I, you know I'm looking for maybe. Um, either through comics or through the internet or whatever, I can see where they are, who they are, and sort of visually or mentally map out where I'm headed. Uh, But if I'm just going to, say, maybe down Artist Alley, and any more Artist Alley seems to be maybe studios and smaller companies too, um, having something eye-catching, maybe a representative panel or... uh, set of panels or or the characters something that shows me in a glance what you're about not just who you are but what you're about and then on the table in front you know maybe your merchandise and and of course the people behind it uh, all those things go together and that can all work to get your attention because if the people behind the counter whether it's the artist or you know, someone who's helping, if they are engaging as well, uh, being friendly, that sort of thing, or just not, because we've talked before about people who are who are so absorbed, maybe, uh, or shy, whatever, who, who don't want to talk to people that come by their table. Uh, but have, you know, that can draw some people in, but more, more times than not, it would turn somebody off because it just think that you know the the creator whoever is not acknowledging their presence so why should they in turn you know look through their stuff kind of thing but uh visually eye-catching you know is the first part uh having music is okay or having a uh a multimedia display as long as it's not uh overbearing and blaring because i will shy away from that and we've been to things in times past where that was the case where and we happen to be set up I think yep. at one time one in Chicago next to some blaring TVs yes and uh, that kind of sucked but I mean I, I looked at their stuff and I, you know it was interesting but uh, as far as I hate I regretted being that, that close to somebody like that but we did get some spillover from that so true so what about you Bob um I got lots to talk about. Remember, you have seconds to catch somebody. Seconds, because they're they're truly scanning. So Bill's correct. A logo that jumps out, something with iconic that will grab them. They got to be able to read it. But remember, your display is set up in layers. You have your table in the front. Anything you have on the front, you got to have stuff standing up. You can't leave it flat. If you leave it flat, they can't see that walking down the middle of the aisle. 
And that's what a lot of people do. They walk down. They don't want to commit to either side. They want to keep moving. So you've got to try to get them to commit. So you need to have stuff propped up. You need to have in uh, top loaders or little acrylic sleeves with, with hint, you know, props on the back to uh, set them up. Set up your stuff so they can catch the thing, see the artwork. And then the second layer, of course, your display is you. And you want to be as professional as possible. Don't goof off, clown around. Um, be you know, uh, it, you be yourself, but yet don't be unprofessional. You know, be somebody they want to support by by buying your product and and promoting you and telling other people's about you. Um, and then you, most of the time you can have a backdrop, whether it's these pop-up banners, which are great. I mean, shoot, you can get them for about ninety bucks now. Um, they're like three foot by eight foot. Um, displays or whatever you're using, there's where you put your large images. A couple of something artistically that's going to grab them. Um, either, you know, a piece of art and a saying or something, but something is going to grab them and they're going to go, oh, that's interesting. Wow. Um, that's very important. So before you even worry about what's on that table, you got to make sure you can stop them. You got to get what? them stopped. Uh-huh. What's your feeling about the full, like, 10-foot wall sort of thing? You can afford it. Rock and roll. I mean, don't what, be careful. You can't put 50 comic book covers on that 10-foot wall because nobody can see them. It's too far back. If you put some large images up there, um, it's impressive, one, that you're willing to spend that kind of money to set up a display like that. You might It might be an extra stop. Um you just got to be realistic and set up, get a piece, an imagery that will that will cause them to go, oh, wow, what is that? And walk over and check you out. I mean, I'm one of those that will walk down the center, scanning around until I see an image, and then I'll stop in. And the odds are I'll support that creator by picking up an ash can, a button, or Whatever. Usually I want something that's going to give me more character. So I'm looking for a comic or Ashcan or a mini comic or something if I like the art style. Um, but it's because something they had behind them or on their table standing up caught my eye. Um, and with me premiering Clay'sway at C2E2, um, I've been thinking about the display there. Some type of pop-up banner large image of clay and, and pan, you know, a kid and a panda bear, the proper words, um, probably something off the site, sort of like, a, you know, a, a child raising his family with ADHD. Well, there I'm going to catch people who has ADHD or dyslexia, hopefully. Um, a cool piece of artwork, large, the logo, very pretty. So those things I'm really incorporating. And then what we put on the table, we're going to have up where you can see, creating those layers. My biggest problem is I don't like sitting behind a table. I end up going out walking around too much. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll be drawing at C2E2, though. So As John found out in Atlanta, that makes me set. Yeah, I was about to say, maybe that'll keep you yeah. stapled to your chair. True. So, uh, well, what do you think about putting, um, say, merchandise on the wall? Like um, potentially T-shirts or... Sure. Something like that. Do you does that look good, or you think that makes it look a little too swap meat? Or you know, I think it depends totally upon the publisher and the creator. Um, do I see Skystorm doing that? No. Yeah. Do I see a creator for Skystorm who's pushing his his property, you know, promoting his artwork? Sure. So I think, as a fan, you're you're sort of give and take a little bit. You know, you, you expect certain things from publishers, um, and then you're willing to give on the creator end of it. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see a problem. Um, I really don't like when they take those 11 by 17 prints and stick them up everywhere. They're getting too busy. Get one of those nice portfolios. Stand up two or three of your best ones. That's what Greg Horn does. But have the portfolio sitting out there with all of them. Greg also has a huge backdrop of a single image, usually. Mm -hmm. And it's something to catch your eye. He understands layers in the setup. So. 
Yeah, he sure understands. I get, I catch him. Mm-hmm. Yes. As Bill loses his voice, <laughs> a little bit. Um, let's talk about merchandise. What I mean, it's different now than it was five years ago, ten mm-hmm. years ago. Um, I've got some friends who draw and sell sketch cards. John, you know. Right. And I've known them for years, and they've been doing this. They do those, and they do animation sales and stuff like that. And they do decent at it. They do. Well, when I did Atlanta, I'm like, you know what? I have a ton of sketch cards. Actually, it was Mid-Ohio Con, wasn't it? When I'd sit up there with Blue Line Mid-Ohio Con, it says, I got a ton of sketch cards. Yeah, they're oh, yeah. old. But let's set them out and see what we could do. Mid-Ohio Con, I sold a ton of those sketch cards. Not sketch cards, trading cards, I'm sorry. Right. Trading yeah. cards. I was shocked because it's sort of like they come full circle. But instead of trying to sell them in, in sets or whatever, you sell them a buck a piece or, you know, six or, you know, six for five dollars. And people are just looking for a little piece of artwork that they like to uh, get autographed. Now, lucky for me, I had some sketch cards or trading cards that had dinosaurs on them, so kids really liked those. But, yeah, I was I was surprised. So we're going to do, with the Clay'sway C2E2, we're going to do six trading cards. And, uh, you know, it'll be like a buck a piece or six for five. And we're going to do six buttons, the same type of setup. And a couple prints, and then we're gonna have our first collection, our first comic collection. Um, be like a 24-page collection of the strips that we've done so far available. And we'll see. We'll we'll get back on the podcast afterwards, and I'll report back on how well that does. I don't really. I haven't been to C2E2, so I don't know the crowd. But if I know Chicago, I know that crowd pretty well. It's a good mixed crowd between creators and families and stuff like that. So I think we might do pretty well if we have the right setup. So we'll be working hard on getting the right setup built, right imagery. Well, that probably brings us down to the table level now. Uh, You mentioned, you know, you mentioned having things standing up with the image on it, but um, what, what should the table layout look like? Do you think? I th- Bill, don't you think a good table drop, um, skirt or something like that helps? Yeah, I think so. I, I, again, that that draws your attention to maybe who you are. Um, it, it doesn't really have to be printed either, does it? You can just use like no. multiple colors, maybe. Right. I've seen right. them throw a black skirt and then crisscross at an angle like a yellow skirt, mm-hmm. which draws your eyes to it because. They're, they're layering the table even before they get to see the merchandise. Um, I mean, Blue Line has those printed skirts we've had forever, but they know Blue Line's there when they get close. Um, and I think that's cool. But, yeah, I think you can do stuff with just different colors uh, of skirting, you know, drapes, sheets, or whatever you can find. Right. You can be creative. Um, be creative on a budget, even, if you want to look at it that way, because you are... Investing in the crate in the uh, the setup that you're doing because you don't want to plunk uh, your entire savings into you know maybe one show and you're not sure you know how how you're not sure you're going to recoup your money right you know you don't want to shoot your <clears throat> shoot your whole uh, bank wad right there so uh, yeah I mean there. You can be creative with that stuff, and and except I've said before, you know, I respect clever, and that's that can be clever if you know if you work it right. Yep. And you know, I, I being eye catching and engaging, that that goes a long way mm-hmm. with some people, not everybody, but you know, the elite, <laughs> <laughs> like us. Yeah. Right. Right. Actually- Actually, I saw something that I thought was uh, potentially very clever. Um, well, I saw it done in a good and a bad way. Uh, we've all seen these uh, sh- shelves that you put together with uh, their wire shelves, mm-hmm. and you put them together with those circular uh, T 
shaped things. Right. You know, they're they're kind of a college shell sort of thing. Um, I saw I saw two different people put those up on their table. Oh. Okay. And use those as shelving to go vertical mm-hmm. on their table with some stuff. Um, I saw somebody do it with. They had a lot of uh, digest-sized uh, books that they were selling. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're webcomic artists, and they had their digest-sized books set up in that, uh, which I thought looked really good. And then I saw someone who was selling prints do that also, but they're, they had just prints sort of stacked oh. in that, and I thought that looked kind of bad. All right. And then uh, another person uh, just had the pieces of one of those things, and they hung it up on a wall or something. And they sort of used S-hooks or something like that to to hang things off of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was That way was kind of okay. It looked a little junky, but, uh, but I thought that was uh, particularly clever to kind of use that dead space. Right. Um, I even noticed at Heroes last year, someone had... Uh, because Heroes has this thing about uh, backdrops, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but someone had kind of an arc over the top of their table. Mm-hmm. So you almost had to, it was almost putting your head in a doorway or a window to, to interact with the creator. And part of that arc was shelving. And I thought that was particularly smart. Cool. If we're but, done. If we're done, no. Um, no. There's, uh, there's one other thing I was thinking of. Uh, we uh, we know uh, some creators who have multiple merchandise on sure. their table. Um, and I was suggesting to uh, them at one time to maybe vary it up. Not putting all the comics in one area and, say, the buttons in one area and the T-shirts in one area. Right. You know, uh, kind of make it comics t-shirts buttons comics t-shirts buttons or something like that you know to kind of vary it up to get people flowing down the table right what do you think what do you think about the flow of you know not not just getting people to the table but across the table i think that's a good thing because that way if you only if i guess it's a good thing if you have one property so and or yeah. you know and so by varying it up and having stuff from multiple places, if somebody wants to see a comic, they're not stuck behind somebody else who's standing in front of the comics. They could reach over to the other area and check it out. So I like that very much. Um, biggest thing is making sure like small buttons and stuff. You have to really watch them or they'll walk away. Yeah. So you need to put them in cases or put them where you can easily watch them and make sure they don't. But no, I like that. I like you know jazzing it up. Uh, I think the kind of uh, merchandising that that you can do now um, is very important. Of course, having a printed book or something, whether it's an Ashcan mini or a comic or graphic novel, is important. Considering you're doing comic shows. Um, but I, I, there, before we mentioned the uh, trading cards, um, they're very affordable now. Check out BlueLinePro.com. They can set mm-hmm. you up right now. They got some very affordable full color printing and trading cards. Um, they can help you with posters too, and I think posters and print are cool, um, especially when you do an exclusive piece of artwork for that. Not so much of oh, that's a cool panel. I'm gonna rip that out and make a poster out of it. But when you've created a piece of artwork that's you know I'm gonna print a hundred lithos and you know you can sell them for ten bucks or something. Um, I think that's cool. I think you can make some money. I, I've moved some different prints at different prices in the past and done really well with them. Um, shirts are cool if you can afford to do them. Um, even the one-color shirts with the right saying or the right imagery in it will do very well. People like T-shirts. Um, yeah, yeah I, ha- I actually had a question on that one, too. Um, I've seen some people try to be... I don't know, I guess the word would be kitschy. Um, and just put their logo on it and nothing else. You know, this this being not not one of the big guys. I mean, the right. big guys can get away with that, obviously. Oh, I've but, done uh, it. I've done do you it. Think that's, do, 
you think that's wise no, for, it's, uh, for our I creators think it's starting crazy. out? I think it's crazy, crazy, but I've done it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we all make those mistakes. I don't know if they're mistakes. Um, it really depends. If you really want to move shirts, then no, it's not a smart move. You want to come up with you know, different things or, or stuff to put on them to move shirts. If you just want to promote your book and the handful of people who are interested in helping you promote that book, then yeah, that's cool. You know, go with it. Um, you know, like you mentioned, and Darren and I, we all yeah. agree. We need, like Clay's way, we need to put a shirt with just that exclamation mark on it. Um, and on the back, put a little, you know, claysway.com or something. Right. That will sell because it's it's not saying Clay'sway, dyslexia, ADHD, or anything like that in your face. It's like, oh, that's cool imagery. All right. Anybody can wear that. You can wear it. We can do the black on yellow, but then we can do a white on black. We can do a black on white. Same imagery, same information. What am I getting out of it? I'm getting the claysway.com on the back out of it, you know? Um, but And I'm getting my character's imagery that he wears on his shirt out there. Mm-hmm. So you can be cool with that. Um, buttons, I had a hardest... I don't do buttons. I'm not a button guy. I bought buttons just because usually I want to support Hoover's doing them. Um, I bought Laura, Laura Inez's buttons last fall just because she had them. They were cool. And uh, they're here. I love your buttons, Laura. Um, <laughs> but so in doing the Clay'sway buttons, I was sort of at a loss. And I'm always, I'm a theme. I'm thinking themes and connection and stuff. But one, in, in designing the trading cards and the buttons this week, Jackie drew this little headshot of Clay getting warmed up and I'm like I want that as a button she's like what are you talking about I said that's a political button she goes what do you mean I said it's a round political button with I'm not stupid I have ADHD and with his head in the middle with American flag behind it and you know we're going to do some statement buttons like that and I'm not for sure if we're going to use the terminology stupid or dumb probably Either one works. A, 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 nine, a seven or eight year old would use that terminology. You know, they would say, I ain't stupid. I got dyslexia. You yeah. know, so that's what we want to put on the button. Or maybe and, confused or something to be yeah, a little see, less. I think, you know. I think that I think people think I think the kids. I don't know. Well, no, I agree. The I kids use stupid. Yeah. And I think that's I've seen some books that's written and used that terminology from the kids. Yeah. And I think the statement needs to put... And I think there's adults out there who don't get that these kids have problems. But anyway, we're not going to get into that. Yeah, yeah. That's a Clay'sway debate. Right. Anyway, but that kind of stuff I want to do with with the buttons. Uh, one or two. not Nothing a lot. Not big making political statements or anything like that, you know. But um, the buttons was, was sort of tough. You know, we could have just done buttons of panda bears and probably sold a whole bunch more. Because right. nobody knows who Clay's is, you know, and not, not nobody, but the handful of weekly readers. So I appreciate you all. You know, please continue to spread the love and tell more people. Um, the, the, most people I see at a show do not know who Clay's way is yet. And so doing a button with Clay, just a button of Clay's head isn't going to really do a whole lot. Hopefully by putting a saying around that imagery or something, it's going to help sell that button. In turn, I got my character's imagery out there. So, um, got to be very, very creative with what you do. But, um, uh, actually, I think my stuff, we're looking to set up at a dyslexia convention in April. Oh, that'd be cool. I think that's going to be where we really start spreading the word. And if the local one does well, then Jackie and I are going to try to do some traveling and hit some other states. But, yeah, there again, pick your conventions that fit you. You know, here, we're creating comics and buttons and stickers and stuff like that. A dyslexia convention is for educators and tutors and people in the field to teach these kids. I can sell them this stuff. They're looking for tools. They're looking for ways to support them, so... Um, look at conventions that my genres that fit your book. If you do steampunk comic, do steampunk conventions. Do NASCAR comic, 
try to set up at some NASCAR racing or car events. See how they do for you. So, but anyway, merchandise. Um, be careful. Don't go buy 500 t-shirts. Don't, you know, if you're doing prints, it's more, it's probably better to do, you know, 20 of six prints than do 100 of one print. You can always go back and print more. Um, the only thing I would say buy volume of because it's cheap is the trading cards. I mean, you can get a thousand full color trading cards really affordable right now. And if nothing else, they don't sell their great promo pieces to hand out to people. Make sure you have your website information and everything on it in the back of them. So that's an important thing, too. Most of your merchandise needs to have your website or some type of contact information on it. Very important. Maybe not slap you in the face, but it'd be Just, a, As long as it's there somewhere, you know. Yes, it can even be at the. It can even be at the hem, mm -hmm. you know, towards sleeve. the bottom, or yeah. yeah, on the sleeve. I've seen some really. They're really subtle, but you know they do catch your eye, being right around the edge of the, the, you know, the bicep. Mm -hmm. And that stands out. That's a place that somebody yep. doesn't mind wearing something, but it's very noticeable. Nike and those companies, they figured that one out. That's why you'll see their logo stuff on the sleeves. But uh, all right, Bill, your last convention was Chicago, correct? Yeah. What kind, what kind of cool stuff did you see? How about the How about the artist that is doing original artwork at the show? You saw some of the uh, sketch card artists up up there, right? Yeah. I don't know Katie Cook and I don't know who else was up there. There was a bunch of them up there. Renee Deliz and Renee. Uh, Ray Dillon. Yep. And yeah, there were some of our guys from the Afterburn Media. Right. Were doing some while while they were there. That's Commission. fascinating. If there, yeah, if there's a, if there's a way to, um, I haven't seen this at a show, but I mean, there's probably some shows where uh, it's almost like a presentation where people can, like an overhead projector. Mm-hmm. That would be cool if I could see actually them drawing you know, what they were doing. But, that would know. be tricky with lighting at a show, but yeah, oh, yeah that would no be kidding. cool. Well, you put it you can put it on a TV screen, mm -hmm. uh, like a webcam kind of thing, and then you can record it while you're doing it, and then you can put it on, on YouTube, YouTube yeah. or on you know some other site like who knows yeah. Sketch Magazine. You could have it or, you could uh, have it live on your own site, right? So. Um, so there, you know, there are creative ways just to do and capitalize on just the things that you do while you're there. And if somebody's working on original art or their pages, uh, you know, I've I've done. When Jerry and Foley and I were doing a lot of shows together, uh, we would work. We would ink pages as we were, as we would sit there and we would talk to people, mm -hmm. and they were fascinated because of what we were doing, and even. You know, so maybe the kids wanted to look at the stuff on the table, mm -hmm. but the parents were interested in what we were doing as uh, as art, and maybe their kid had uh, some sort of aspirations of being an artist or being, you know doing comics or whatever. So that would uh, sort of branch into that talk right. about encouragement or what they were doing, kind of thing, and. Um, so you had you had both ends of it. You had the kids that was you know, just wanted to look at the stuff that you had, or the parents who were looking at the stuff you had and what they're probably maybe going to have to uh, shell out a few bucks for, and the future. You know? Right. And, and it, it could lead into conversations of, um, you know, really what the did the you know did their kid really want to do that. And what were they doing now to sort of prepare for that thing? And I had a few conversations. The beginnings of Comics Mentor. That's right. That's right. So, I, I really do not suggest of creating a strip in crayon live at a show, though. <laughs> you will get some really weird looks, won't you, John? That uh, was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I did that. I, I inked off and on all day. 
and then I got to the strip that I was going to do that Clay had drawn, so I did it in total crayon. I did it there at the show, and yeah, I had some really weird looks. People walking by thinking that was the art style. So yeah, yeah. But now I agree. I, I guess what I was reaching out was that the sketch card artists, how what's a good way for them to set up their stuff? They're, uh, of course, they're they're creating art there. So they got their lap boards and their markers, and you know they take up a lot of their table with supplies. Right. Um, there's there's the um, the old nine pocket baseball card sleeves that they could put pre-drawn stuff in mm-hmm. that they've done um, ahead of time. Um, there's the top loaders that you could put right. them in the single single pieces. And I think we even got some top loaders that have easels on the back of them, which are really cool. For uh, yeah. trading cards, um, so there's different ways, you know, they for them to promote themselves as taking commissions and, and and doing the drawings and everything. So yeah, you, you had one that I was uh, I was up in Blue Line uh, a while back, and I saw one top loader for cards that is encased in a frame. Yes like a black frame and you uh-huh. can put uh, I can't remember if it was three or four cards into that and it looked so nice mm-hmm. having that you know that frame around that I thought it was really impressive and I think that would really draw somebody in especially if someone did like a triptych mm-hmm. set uh, like uh, very much like what Eric Adams did for the last sketch card event. Right, they right. Put that up there and put that into a frame. That would look so eye-catching that I think it would really draw attention to the table. Right. Yeah, I think those you can get them in single threes or nines. Nines. Wow. Yeah, you can put nine, and it's a it's for it's a nice size frame, but they're cool. Yeah, those black black framed out. Um, they're actually made for baseball card collectors, but for sketch cards, they're wonderful. Um, those are cool. And, yeah, we do have some of those because we bought them for the actual sketch card event. And we had went up buying extras and then moved them. So it is something we carry pretty often now. Those are cool. Very cool. Um, but, yeah, there's ways to display your artwork for, for those who are doing uh, commissions live there at the show. Um, you know. Make sure you you let them know you have a list. Be realistic about how many you can do. It's important. I know you're there to make money, make as much money as you can. But you know, if you can only crank out ten sketch cards a day, then you need to price them at a price that those ten cards are going to make you the amount of money that you need to make for that day to be there to cover your expenses. You know, don't sell yeah, them for five bucks a piece. Right, exactly. I've seen a couple of creators that that do it two ways. One, they either either give themselves X amount of time, mm-hmm. and they inform the person that you know this is going to be a ten minute sketch card. So, mm-hmm. what I have at the ten minute mark, that's the card. Or they will um, they will group them out by an hour. They'll give themselves an hour, and they will you know essentially build a schedule. Right. As the day goes on, uh, or they will have, you know, when you have multiple people working the table, you know, someone will be taking orders for the sketches while the artist is physically doing the sketches. Right, right. And, the, you know, it's usually planned out ahead of time that, okay, we stop at X number, you know, it's a eight-hour con, and so we do eight that day. Yeah. Right. Yeah, having those pre-drawn cards or having something available, mm-hmm. uh, because you have time before the show ever hits, that maybe you're watching TV or whatever, and you have time to sort of, you know, load up in advance, and that sort of maybe can fill a little bit and help out, but also, you know, those uh, when you play Scrabble, those little tiles, the mm-hmm. thing you set your tiles on, uh, somewhere I saw. Something on something similar to that, but you know, I don't, I don't uh, advise ransacking your Scrabble game for those. But <laughs> nah, but you could uh, probably find them at a hobby shop, right? Or like a Michaels or a uh, 
something like that. Some some place that has frames in China and stuff. I imagine you could find like little stands up like that. But yeah, those would be cool. Right. Or those. Fra- uh-huh. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I was in Staples uh, earlier in the week, and the uh, Lucite business card holders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at those and I thought, hey, you could potentially set cards up in these. Right. You know, because they were selling them in in their you know two three dollar section over there, and uh, they're about that size. You know, a, a business card is about the length of a sketch card, give or take. Uh, so you could potentially set them up in that. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember right uh, talking about original art or or just things on the table. Brad Gorby used to do those. Um, you know, when he was working on Fem Force and some other stuff, he would have little displays, mm-hmm. and it would be on the back of artboard. It would be uh, attached or affixed to um, that foam board stuff, and then he would have the stick-on stand-up things. And I used to have one once upon a time, and he would he would it was it was part of his display, but he would sell those things too. Nice. And, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Plus, you know, it was Brad Gorby too. But well, yeah. Um, but it was an interesting idea, and you know, I did like that. So, I mean, the other those stick on. I think when we did pre comic book day, my placard that said, you know, Bill Nichols Sketch right. Magazine or Inker or whatever it said, has that has that stick on thing on the back too. So well, yeah, I still have that, that around handy. here somewhere. The easels. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, actually, I used to carry the paper easels myself, and then they would see mine at Blue Line, because I've always had a little art display of something at Blue Line, and they'd go, oh, you got these? And I'd be pulling out my portfolio and handing them out, and finally Mike says, I'm going to start carrying those at shows. <laughs> and we sell several at the shows. They stick them on the back of top loaders or whatever, you know. Yeah, I was so about to say, well. we're selling the heck out of those in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they work pretty well. But yeah, I tell you something I had forgotten about Bill until you brought up Gorby, and I have one of his Film Force hand cutouts. It was on foam core. Oh wow! He stick it on fan, you know, he makes a copy, right? And then he hand cuts out the figure. Of course, it's a female check being film, you know, Film Force, and uh, right. he would stand those up. You know, right? That's what I'm talking about. That's I think, what I'm talking I, think about. I need to do that for Clay's way. Yeah, I got, I got a. That card that they're like standing back to back that would look really cool as a stand up like that as an eye yeah. catch. There again, it's different. It's not perfectly squared like prints and cards. It right. would be cut to their shape, so it's another thing to stop their eye and go, What? Right. And that's, that's what you gotta yeah. do. Maybe you have a couple of backups them. and if you end up having to sell that, you could sell it and sign it. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Or you have a card of that and you sell the card. Right. Right. Um, something always cool, and you know, I'm not into collecting paper dolls, but paper dolls uh-huh. are cool when people hand produce them. Um, somebody made this house, and I have it. Actually, it's packed away in my office still. A a his his book was about a scary house, so he had this pop up house. He had hand created these craft things, and he sold them as kits. Basically, they were flat, and you took them. And you basically you stood it up and twisted it a little bit, and it was a house that he had made copies of and cut out and pieced together and flattened. It was cool as heck. I think I might spend eight or ten bucks for this thing, but it was cool. I'm like, I don't even know what your book is, but that is really cool. I gotta have one. No, that's kind of ingenious. Yeah, yeah. You don't see that anywhere else. Right, right, and that's that was the cool thing about it. I've always said, and this is what I I will do once we launch Skystorm, is um, statues catch people's eyes. Right. There again, it's not your norm. Everything's squared and perfectly shaped. Um, something that caught my eyes when Joey Q and Jimmy Palmiotti launched um, Event Comics, and their first book was Ash. Mm-hmm. Their premiere was in Chicago. Their booth, being who they were, when they launched Ash, they already had a full-size sculpt of Ash, fully painted and everything, along with the first issues of the book and the posters and all that stuff he normally did back then. 
what caught my eye was that freaking statue. It was like, holy crap. Here's a 3D representation of their, of their main character of this book. So, uh, and that's expensive to do unless you know somebody does sculpts and, you know, if you can do some garage kit casting and make some money back from them and everything. Um, it, it's hard to do, but still, it is cool to have something like that. Yeah, I've even seen, you know, um, not professionally done, but I've seen some uh, creators do, like, super sculpty type sculpts of their of their uh, characters. Sure. And, you know, even that, um, you know, even it has that kind of homemade, you know, you did it yourself look to it. But even that is really visually interesting. Well, I've thought about doing what I would call a claymation Scope of clay and pan together, you know. Nice. So it sort of looks like the claymation mm. feel to them. So I can get away being rough, considering I'm not a sculptor. Right. But yeah, it's still, you know, I'd have to get them close enough to those figures so they look right. But I've thought about playing around with that in my spare time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that ton of spare time you have. Yeah. You would definitely have to call it a clay dash maybe. <laughs> I clay dash. That's why I giggled because yeah, I know said that. That was good. That was good. That's part of the PR. Yep. Actually, that's a very good thing. There you go. Clay and clay. Yeah. Yeah, see? Mm-hmm. Hey, I think we did a pretty good job on the uh, convention schedule stuff yep. or table stuff. Yep. I'm sure yep. anybody out there has more questions, you know, send them our way. We've got over 20 years of doing these shows. Seen just about everything. Bill seems to remember more than I do. I had forgotten well, Orby stuff. You've been so to so many shows. It's just all run together for you. Whereas together. mine is more sparse and more special in my mind. <laughs> How's like that? a long forgotten dream. Well, what I you notice what I remembered: statues from Ash, a cool stand-up house. You know, I remember things that were like odd, different. Whoa, you know. Right. So that works. Cool. Cool. Cool stuff. Yeah. Cool stuff. So, all right. Do we want to move into uh, what's been going on? We can do that. Right. John, what's been going on over at the Sketch Blog? All right. On the Sketch Blog, it's comic related. Um, I tried to keep it a little more eclectic this time. I tried to do a little bit tutorial, a little bit interview. So the most recent one being um, using the pen tool, and apparently I can't spell because I forgot the gene using, but anyway. Um, <laughs> using the pen tool in Photoshop, um, e- even though you wouldn't think so in this day and age, but there are still people who are computer phobic. Oh, yeah. um, and, you know, even artists who was, claim they will never use you know, the electronic drawing media, but I think it's, yeah, which I love. I love. Oh, I'm no, sorry. I'm fine with that. That, that was I the think... blue line side of me coming out. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, even if you are a, uh, traditional pen and paper artist and, you know, uh, bless you if you are, especially if you buy at blue line, I think you still need to, uh, familiarize, familiarize yourself with the, technology that's available so you don't have to be a master at it you don't have to use it in your work but you should at least know about it and um one of the most basic parts of photoshop is utilizing the pen tool so uh a short tutorial well 10 minutes uh tutorial on doing that um then another thing i think is important for comic artists especially today is to think outside the box Everybody and their grandmother has a comic book, but what can you do to make it different? Uh, so I came across this thing about a multimedia comic project where the artist is using comic panels and things of that nature to create a multimedia piece of artwork. And um, in terms of being eye-catching, something like that would uh, draw someone to your table just because of the variety of it. Um, then beyond that, um, I've had tutorials and things by Doug Tenapel before. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time out, he's talking about his book 
called Flink, F-L-I-N-K. It's essentially a story about a boy and his Bigfoot. So uh, check that out. It's actually pretty interesting. And he talks about his process in there as well. Um, Moving on beyond that, we have a pen and ink tutorial. uh, Straight traditional pen and ink tutorial. So make sure you check that out. That's kind of where all our hearts lies with the pen and ink. And then uh, creating word and burst balloons. Um, And this was actually pointed to me by comic book letter and CR partner and buddy Brant Fowler uh, showed me this one. He, uh, he does it professionally. He, letters for uh, several mainstream comics. So check those two out. They're pretty cool. I I am still mystified by the whole lettering process myself. Then um, a video I thought was especially good uh, being, being not only an inker, but an inker who maybe overuses uh, blacks a little bit. Uh, There was a thing by art, Thibert, Thibert, uh, Thibert, sorry, Thibert, Thibert, whatever. (laughs) I'm sorry to butcher the name, but the video is really good. So check it out. (laughs) Uh, Then uh, beyond that, the uh, artist that's doing um, Batman Inc. right now. uh, And he's another person with a difficult name. Yannick Paquet, Paquet, something like that. Um, but he talks about not only uh, penciling and inking, but he talks about mixing digital penciling with traditional inks, mm. which I thought was uh, kind of unusual. So that's a pretty cool video to check out. Uh, beyond that, a coloring tutorial um, on Gen 13 art. I was a big fan of Gen 13 um, back in the day. Uh, and even though the art itself is sped up, the dialogue that goes over top of it uh, is very informative. So check that out. And uh, a, a little bit of slightly risque art. So if you are of a, a mild sensibility, you may want to skip that one. But it's still cute. And uh, the most recent or the last one after that, uh, the last of my little run of Copic Marker tutorials, this one is on hair design cool. and making ringlets, um, which if you don't have ringlets or you're not a female, you may not know what that is. But uh, it's curly hair, essentially. So right. so go check those out. That gets us up to date? That's up to date. Awesome. Bill, what's going on over at the Boars and uh, Comic Mentor? Well, on Comics Mentor, I have probably talked way too much about hurting my back, which I did last week. I'm pulling a list up here. Uh, on the comic on the comic related forums, uh, uh, I think I mentioned last week that uh, Fred Lang, uh, or Lang, Lang Hennig is his full name. Uh, Fred Lang is his uh, nom de guerre. So to speak, uh, one of the, the uh, Despicable Me DVD art contest. So yes. check that out. That's pr- pretty cool. And uh, let's see. Here we go. Uh, just a couple of posts. There's a uh, Alpha Dog Studios is um, doing a called Best in Show contest. There's a link there. Um, I have my Sparta Bay fan page on Facebook. Uh, and of course, hurting my back, which I fell on some ice, but I'm okay. Ooh. So, didn't break I'll... anything, right? No, okay. just bruised and wounded. Good, you know. So strained, strained my back. Right. So, but other than being sore right now, everything's pretty much set to go. Good. What's going on with you, Bob? Well, we have an art contest that we've got to get the page up on the site right next week. We're going yeah. to do an inking contest next. Yes, over Andy Smith. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Andy. So, 
Um, hopefully in the next podcast we can announce where you can go get download that page or if you don't have ability to um, print out on some inkable paper maybe we'll have to come up with something I don't know I know that's a we'll have to for some people that it will be a logistics thing so um, it could be where I could print it out on some Strathmore but you know if they want to pick up the shipping cost to them or something a couple bucks we could do something like that, and I could just go ahead and pre-print out so many, and they can ship them out of Blue Line. So we'll work with it. We'll get that contest out. Maybe yeah. we'll have to do the self-addressed stamped envelope thing or something. Right, right. So, but yeah, cool. Um, no, just working on Blue Line. We just wrapped up a wholesale store for retailers to buy stuff. Um, worked a little bit on the Skystorm site, not as much as I would have liked, considering my computer decided to show its age yesterday and go down for six hours Uh oh yeah it didn't fall on the ice unlike bill it just <laughs> decided to act real bad so um basically blew the day trying to get it back up and running um and just uh working on clay's way trying to trying to you know uh c2e2 is our big show first show we got a dyslexia show hopefully in april after that so we want to get our merchandise in place, and uh, this conversations I got a couple new ideas by doing some of the hand cut out stand ups and stuff as eye catcher. So I might go back to the studio and try to play around with some of that. So um, just working on that. So John, how can they find you? They can always find me at John at SketchMagazine.net, John at ComicRelated.com, and if you are a creator that needs help, you can find me at John at Sequential Support. Com. Way too many emails. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, how can they find you? Well, they can find me at Comics Mentor and write me at comicsmentor at gmail.com. Uh, they can also find me on the comic related uh, community slash message board slash forum. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, somebody just popped up. He does a web comic called Tales of the Checker Man and he said, you know, good to see you here. And it, he just started posting, so it's it's cool when people show up that you already know, and there's already cool people to know that are already there. So, All right, you know, go show up. Yeah, get some cool boards know. going on. Yeah, they're great. Um, you can catch me at Bob H at BlueLinePro.com. You can catch all three of us at podcast at SketchMagazine.net. Um, I believe Chuck get the Skystorm boards going on over at Comic Related. Um, so I'm going to start making an effort to head out there and just post some tidbits and some artwork that I'm, um, you know, death, you know, pulling out and scanning. Start giving people a heads up on what I've been talking about on the website. So I might be hanging over at the Skystorm site a little bit more here in my spare time. In your spare time. And yes. if you're interested in looking um, for that Tales of the Checkered Man, his um, a link to his site is on the rapid fire news of comic related right now. So go check that out. Awesome. Thank you. Take care guys. Take care. All right. You too.